Okay, this is Kiddush Club, and uh, <laughs> this is something that you're not going to be used to, because I actually wanted to cancel this recording and not have a release. It is a Sarasmi Chuva, and, you know, it's, it's, it's a very serious time. It's not a time to be joking, not that that's all we do. I wasn't having any of it, because a weekly podcast is a weekly podcast. Yeah. It doesn't matter what comes. So I said, no, no show. And he said, yes, show. I said, okay, but, you know, I'm not prepared. And, uh, you know, so for this episode, and that's why I'm beginning, that's why I welcomed everybody. I didn't actually say welcome. So you see, I'm not even, I'm not even doing it right. You're not good at this. Yeah. We so are, listen, he, we have the roles we have for a reason. Yes. Yes. So in this, in this episode, uh, I am going to be playing, uh, I don't know what, cause I'm clearly not a comedian, <laughs> but I'm definitely not going to be playing producer. You, I'm handing over the reins for this episode and, uh. I hope you like it, but if you don't, don't blame me. All right, let's see what comes of it. Yeah. It's a Sarah Shumay Tshuva. It is. Right? And obviously, we're all going to be fasting on Yom Kippur. But after Yom Kippur, what better way there is there to break your fast than with a delicious sparkling glass of Bartonura Moscata d'Asti? This might be a bad idea, <laughs> but continue. What do you mean? It's, on an empty stomach, it's great. You get the buzz <laughs> right away. So Bartonura Moscata d'Asti, unless you've li- been living under a rock... You know it. It's the blue bottle. It's famous. You know the way it looks. It's really phenomenal. It's a light drink. It's sweet. It's 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 definitely a dessert wine, but it's really phenomenal. If you haven't tried it, I don't know what you're waiting for. You need to check it out. Bartonum Rascadasti available wherever you get your kosher wines. Question. Do you do like the custom is Chalvisrol, Pasisrol on the SRGM Chuva? Are you What's your story? <laughs> That's my Trump impression. <laughs> I will take the fifth on the grounds that that will really? incriminate me. Yes. Really? So it means nothing to you these 10 days? No. Chas v'shalom. What are you talking I'm about? Just, I'm, I want to know. I'm like, working what? on my character. I'm, I'm, I'm making Kabbalahs. I'm, I'm, I'm trying I haven't to fix, noticed. fix me. <laughs> I'm sorry, bro. Do you forgive me for all these things? Can we talk about that for a second? Sure. And I'm sure you got that WhatsApp uh that forward that says uh, everyone's forwarding these fake, uh, you know, apologies. I wanted to send you a handwritten one. Love, Susan. <laughs> <laughs> I think it was a little. It went like everyone's doing copy paste. Right. I wanted to send you something right. personal. Right. And then it had, you know, obviously it was signed by somebody who you copied from. But I think my worst part about coming to Yom Kippur is getting these texts, right? These WhatsApps, these oh, texts. Oh, yes, that's exactly like, what I was about to tell you. Yeah, yeah like I, you want forgiveness and you want me to just like receive a text and forgive you. Is that how it's supposed to go? So, so yes, but I want to, I, I want to just, <laughs> I want to tweak that a little bit because I personally did uh, do some texting, but it was very, yeah, I, I text apologized and really? asked for forgiveness. I did, but it's very different. When I, when you just send someone a uh, you know uh, good a generic and, and, and cookie cutter, please forgive me for everything. Yeah. No, no. If you send me that, I didn't have a problem with you before. Now I do. Right. Now I don't forgive right, you. Right. Now you have two things to yeah. worry about. <laughs> yes. <laughs> you're going you to Rosh Hashanah or Yom Kippur thinking that I have an issue with you and I don't forgive you because I don't. But if you let's say have something you know you have uh, uh, you had a disagreement with somebody whatever and and you haven't necessarily spoken to them, sometimes a text is a way. You know, it's like imagine writing a letter. If you write a real heartfelt text and you say, listen, 
you know, we went through this thing together. I, I really wasn't thinking. I wasn't myself at that time. Yeah, sorry, uh, it's I stole very your hard. Or whatever, <laughs> exactly. Like that. that I think is totally fine. Okay, no, I'll accept it. I mean the mass. The like, mass when, stuff when is the hope. People broadcast yes. to their whole WhatsApp list. Oh, well, happy, Hate it. I hope you forgive me. Like, no, I do not forgive you. I do not forgive that. Agreed. Totally agree. And it just makes me. They, again, it's one more thing they have to ask forgiveness for. On top of everything exactly. they had to ask for forgiveness. Exactly. I don't, you know before. what? I, I think I, I just put my phone on airplane mode the whole era. The whole week. Oh. <laughs> no, I mean, look, if it's during the week, I don't want to be texted about forgiveness. If you did something, then you must call. I agree. And then I'm, I'm not even going to take the call, so that's the ironic <laughs> part. <laughs> well, leave a message. Person's going out of them. No, but one thing I do when Yom Kippur hits is I do really, and I focus you know, with my full heart say, I'm really forgiving everybody. And let me tell you, there are people that can use my forgiveness. Really? People that have wronged me yet, but I forgive them in my heart. You have a blanket mechila that you give to everyone. Yes, so yes. So no grudges. So that in Shemayim, they should do the same for me. Interesting. Like, what if I have one or two that just don't make the cut? Okay, I do have one that didn't make the cut. <laughs> I'll be perfectly honest. So I do. I forgive most people, like the 99%. But there's that 1%. That's like every time I think about what they did, I just shake my head. I'm like, I can't even. Like, yeah. I can't even. Same, same, same. Okay, you, we 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 gotta we gotta build ourselves. But by the way, this uh, we didn't even address your question. So you do Chalav Yisrael and Pas Yisrael? Well, this is not about me. <laughs> <laughs> Shoot, this is about I need you. The keys, give me back the keys. This is about you now. So 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 it's just too difficult uh, in terms of my life right now. Uh huh. Based on work and things, different, you know, travel. There's a lot of things going on. And, you know, I can't do the Pasisrael and Chalavisrael right now. So I, I try to do other things. Okay. Have you made it to the mikvah? I ha mean, have you gone to Slichus? Yes, of course. Okay. Of course. But I want to know about mikvah because it, it's mikvah season. Oh, it's mikvah season. Right? And all the prices go right through the roof. Yes. Right? Yes. In these high holy days. And it's like some places are charging double, some triple, some 10x. 10x? 10x. I have seen $36 prices. No. Yeah, $36 for the men's mikvah. No. Yeah. yeah. That's ridiculous. Listen, That's ridiculous. Pay or stay impure for the, for the holy <laughs> day of the year. <laughs> it's like the guy who won't forgive. <laughs> right. Listen. You want you want purity. It's going to cost exactly. you. Exactly. And it's $36, not $3,600, so calm down. So but it's hard when you're going with the whole family. You know what I'm saying? If yes. you have a lot of kids or whatever, the kids want to come. You can't come at $36 a head. Sorry, son. <laughs> Get in the bathtub. <laughs> exactly. So uh, I didn't go, as you know, uh, I didn't go to the mikvah the last two years. Uh, I went to the ocean. Which is just as good. Which is just as, if not better. Right. right? There's no shilas in the ocean, right? A mikvah, there's cracks, there's things, ashaka. Yeah, I'm going to bring the terror, my friend. Okay. You never you, you want to you want to get we could get you into want to get into hashaka I'm down we, with we that we could get into hashaka sure no so so I went to the ocean that was two years ago I found a uh, a spot where nobody was it was uh, freezing cold it was not enjoyable to me I'm not a fan of the ocean as you know not a fan of most things <laughs> I'm surprised you went with all the phobias and whatnot you know what I had to really really push myself and uh, my son came with me. Mm -hmm. So that was helpful to me. Sure. Because I mean, he's listen, like, let's you, go, Dad. We're going in. Come on. Yeah, also, you need a bathing suit holder. Yes. Right? Yes. Because last thing you need. And there have been stories like Oh, this. I'll give you a story. I have a, a close friend whose father-in-law also didn't want to go to the mikvah. So by the way, the reason I went to the ocean was because 
uh, there was a lot of COVID at that time. And not that I'm afraid, uh, oh my God, I'm going to die from COVID, but I just don't want to be sick for the holidays. You know what I mean? I don't want to go into Yom Kippur sick. It has happened to me in the past. It's the worst. You can't dive in. You can't do anything. It's, it's horrible. So I said, you know what? I'm not going to the mikvah. There's too many stories. I'm just, I'm going to go to the ocean. Great. So this friend of mine also, so his father-in-law also said, you know what? I'm not going to the mikvah, COVID, this, that. I'm going to the ocean. He never did it before. Okay. Mm-hmm. So his son-in-law's like, oh yeah, dad, I'm going to the ocean, whatever. He's like, oh, you know what? I'm going to do that. He's like, oh, you want to come with me? He goes, no, I can't. My schedule, whatever, I have a meeting. Go, and whatever, I'll go later. So now he never did this before, so he has no idea that you need a spotter, right? You can't go to the ocean to dip without a spotter, someone to hold your clothes right, and hold your bathing suit. So he goes in the ocean. He's fine. He's doing great. He has no spotter. It doesn't dawn on him that you can't do this without a spotter. And yes, he lost his bathing suit. He's in the ocean with no bathing suit. This is my close friend's father-in-law, I'm telling you. First hand, yes. That is a nightmare scenario. Nightmare, because what do you do now? Right, there's nothing to do. Like you can't cover yourself with sand? Like You don't have have a phone, (laughs) right? You're in the ocean, you have no phone. What happened to his phone? Where did he leave his phone? Well, he left everything on the the beach. Oh, on the beach. On the beach, he left. There was no one there. It's an it's an empty beach. But okay, I'm so sure he, he has to make a mad dash. A mad dash, right? Yeah, but it's better than leaving everything in the car. But what if you're making that mad dash and at that moment there happens to be, you know? Okay, there's a lot of. First what of all, ifs. there's a cop. You're dead, right? right? No, you're just summons. You're, you're summons, in handcuffs done. going down to the exactly, station. Exactly, exactly. Right? So that actually happened. So I did the I did the ocean. I didn't enjoy it. So so this year, I did ocean for two years. This year, I said, you know what? I think I'm going to go back to the Mick. Mick is calling. <laughs> I'm going to is calling you. Calling. I haven't seen you in quite a while. <laughs> and uh, I did it. I did it. I, I, I you know, I, I asked about the chlorination of the mikvah before I went. Oh, you got stats. How, yeah, I got stats, bro. I had to make sure there was enough chlorine. I was satisfied with what the chlorination. What is acceptable to you? What chlorine <laughs> level? No, I had asked. First of all, I asked how busy it was. I asked. When Wait, do they have like a receptionist? Because I don't know what. <laughs> they do. I don't know they, when they you're going to. I, only on 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 at this time. There's usually that guy who makes every make sure everybody's paying and everything. Usually yeah, but he doesn't not. have a phone. He doesn't have like a station where he's answering the phone. No, he's just standing make there. Of Israel. No, he was just standing there. I asked him a whole bunch of questions. I was satisfied. And I said, okay, I will go in. I would love to know the questions. Was one of them the, the water temperature? And do they even <laughs> have that information? <laughs> Let me tell you this. When I went in. There was, um, it was quite busy, as as is the case, and there was eventually a line forming, which is not something you ever want. No, at the mikvah. No, right? can confirm. Yes, so now, I, so I get online, and now there's two people. One of them's an elderly man, and one is his caretaker, and um, they're in together. He went, came in with an assistant. Yes, he's an elderly man. Okay, so he came in with his. No, no, no. It, it was like a grandson. Aid? No, it was a grandson oh, okay. or something. Okay, yeah. I thought it was, might have been like you know, no. Nanju, like just looking around, what's happening. <laughs> so now I'm standing there, and uh, the guy who's in the mikvah, the grandson, says, "It's okay, come in. It's okay, it's fine." But now, now you're dealing with a mikvah with already two people. You're telling me to make it three. Uh, uh-uh. uh. So it's, it's grandson and grandfather. Yes, and the grandson tells me, "Come on." It's fine. Come on in. <laughs> and I was like, no, that's fine. I think I'll wait. He goes, no, no, but it's going to take us some time. So just come in. We don't want to hold up the line. So the guy behind me says, hey, if you're not going in, I'm going in. <laughs> right, right. And I was like, that's not happening. You're in a predicament, though. I'm in a predicament. What yeah. do you do? So you don't want to give then, up your spot in line. Right. Now, another guy from the sidelines chimes in and goes, I just came back from Mary to Stroll. 
we had 20 guys in the mikvah there. What do you, what, just get in. Whoa. Now I'm getting like heckled. heckled. Yes. Wow. Heckled, heckled at, at the, the line. Mikvah. Yeah, at the line. Like, yes. Right yes. at the diving board, so but to speak. But you know me, I'm a, you know, peer pressure plays a big role in my life. No, no, no. So wait, you realize that you're struggling with giving up your place in line, right? And then just the hygiene and sanitary yes. conditions. Yes. It's like, but I'm not giving up my spot. But I feel like you could just let the next guy, like, it's like the bank. If you're not ready with your deposit, you just let the next guy go. But there's also that feeling do you ever give up your spot on a line? Never. You never give up that spot, right? Even if it's just one guy to go ahead of you, you but go it's not, ahead. It's not one, it might be two, it might be three. And then I'm standing there. You know, I'm not going to get graphic with you. This is a family show. But I'm, <laughs> I am standing there and I don't want to give, I, I don't want to wait longer. I want to be in and out as quickly as possible. Right. Isn't that everyone's goal at the mikvah? Yeah. In and out as quickly. And, and don't get me started about the people who don't shower before. That's a separate sugya that, that, you know, I'm not okay with it. Yeah, but I think you also don't understand that a lot of people use the mikvah as their spa. Like they want to hang out. Are you trying out. to get me not to go for your I'm Kippur? just saying. Because it's working. No, no, no. They're going to hang out there. They're going to schmooze. They're going to. Why can't they shower first? <sighs> Listen, I can't take responsibility for my brethren, but I can tell you that it's disturbing when people just go in without any forethought or that any, you know, cleansing. Yes, I agree. I agree. Yeah, it's I'm horrible. prancing around here with these words. Yes, yes. <laughs> no, it's 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 ridiculous. It's ridiculous. You wouldn't. I mean, you know, people come to your house and they say, "Oh, should I take off my shoes?" And you're like, "Oh, well, okay. Yeah, no, it's okay. You could leave your shoes on." You know, you, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like you go to someone's house. Here, you're going into a communal bath. Why wow. on earth That's would you not shower? It's pretty graphic. Communal Wait, bath. Yes, because yeah. that's what it is. What, what are these people thinking? You know what I mean? Yeah, sure. It's really, it's troubling. It's troubling. I feel like every single person thinks that they are the cleanest person ever. And that's maybe- And that maybe gives them what, the right. right? Come on. I mean, I'm not saying that they're right. I'm just saying, what is the, the thought behind it? Maybe that's what it is. Everyone's like, me? Pfft, I'm so clean. I don't need the shower. Right. I go, you need, you need to shower. I don't need to shower. I, I make the mikvah better when I go in. I make I, it cleaner after I come out. I think the most disturbing part of it is people that come in like with Kalem. Like there's a, I've the, never seen that. That's I insane. have seen this. Oh. That I've to seen. me is insane. They're just coming in with a pot, you know. And they go in with the pot. They go in either with the pot or no, they'll come on. or they'll kneel down to the side. No, come on. The wife is like, "Listen, you're going anyway, Moishi. What just take just take the Pyrex." <laughs> That's ridiculous. It is. That's ridiculous. I've seen ridiculous things in the mikvah. Ridiculous. And yet you still go. Well, is there a choice? Yeah, well, you could go to the ocean like I did. I don't know. The ocean is a whole subset of different problems. It, there, it really, really is. Right? Really so, is. so, I mean, wait, you saw that video that came out, right? Just to digress for a second. Which? Uh, of the, the shark, on that, the oh, beach shark in Florida. I saw that. We're going to put that on the WhatsApp chat. Yes, we will. But that was, I mean, people are calling it heroic. If you can call <laughs> such a thing, I mean, like they're saving wildlife. It is wildlife. kind of heroic. Yes. It is. No, it takes a lot of guts. How I mean, much would it, would I have to pay you to, to be one of those a guys? Shark, not just a shark. Wait, so for people who who aren't in the WhatsApp group and or they didn't see the video, there's it looks like a great white. It turns out it's not. It's a it's a, a mako shark, mako shark. I don't know how to pronounce it. Okay, it looks like a great white. It's the size of a great. It's a massive it was shark huge. with huge teeth, and it's thrashing on the beach. And a bunch of guys go, and they're pulling it, and they're fighting with the shark to get it into the water to save its life. Now, how much would I have to pay you to be one of those guys? So I feel, if I'm being honest, I feel like I would definitely be an onlooker. 
right? Oh, for sure. Right? Who's not going to go uh, and check out the scene? And and you would I, no I think question I could be dragged into it. I think I could be like I have that stupid side of me, like because it's stupid to touch a shark, yes, right? For sure, it's not a smart thing to do. No, right? Heroic maybe, but you know what? Sometimes heroism needs a little bit of ignorance. Yeah. Right. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and and now let's say the shark, let's say you, you're successful and you get the shark back in the water. He's just going to turn around and bite you. He would, yeah. That, that's that's what he's going to do, right? But, but but they felt like they did a good thing. And if it wasn't on video, like the whole thing is wasted. 100%. Right? Like 100%. what did you do? Oh, yeah, sure. Yeah, okay. You helped the shark back in the water. Okay, bro. But we, we both know that 99.9% of the people who were watching this all had the same thought. Please, God, please let the shark <laughs> eat someone. Right? I mean, I think there was no it was a happy ending. I would have loved to see a little bit more drama. A little blood. A maybe, little blood in the water. Maybe. I don't know if I would admit that publicly. <laughs> but, but yeah. You were looking was, for blood. It was, uh, it was definitely interesting to see. Very interesting. So, yeah, you have to deal with the uh, animal life in the, in the ocean, which is not good. The seaweed, the jellyfish, uh, the, 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 just the rocks. Yeah, and but the, it's an in and out. It's an in and out. I think it's logistically. Well, how many do you, it depends how many times you, you go under. Well, how many p- times do people go under? Like, I I understand it's five, right? I, so but I also know that there are people that, like, do ridiculous yes, numbers. Yes, like 49 and... No, in the hundreds. People are doing it in the hundreds. They have their, like, their finger. finger yeah, I their, didn't know about the finger trick. Bloop, 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 bloop. Yep. So just for, for, for those who don't know, I, I had no idea about this finger trip. So I, I usually do seven. And I didn't know that what people do is, so they go under, and you, when you go to the mikvah, you have to be completely surrounded by the water. So what people do is they go under, they lift a finger out of the water and bring it back down. And now that's considered two dips. Right. And it's totally considered two, right? Because yeah, I've seen people wave that finger furiously. Really? You know? yeah, yeah, yeah. I thought there was there was actually a fish in the water at one point. <laughs> I thought he was saying shark. But like he's calling the life. I don't know. Over. Wh- I don't know. I don't know where these like where the numbers come from exactly. But I know like there's. I think there's sources for all of it. Yeah. Obviously, yes. But in in the one I went to, there's a sign that gives you like five dips and and like what to think on each one. Yes, yes, I saw that. I got it in WhatsApp. To be honest, it wasn't in the mikvah, but I got it in in WhatsApp, and I, I went with it. Why well, not? I'm sure God is very pleased about your WhatsApp <laughs> kavanas. <laughs> No, no, I had heard them in the past, but it's nice to get the WhatsApp and then it reminds you uh, of the stuff that's going on. Speaking of what's going on, we have lost a fighter jet. Now, yes. you are a lover of fighter jets. Lover of fighter jets. So to and me, specifically, to you me know, my favorite one. The F-35. F-35A Lightning. Is that the one we lost? I don't I don't know if it was uh, the, the... I think it's the F... What is it? The F-35A2, uh, the one that can take off... And land vertically. Yeah, I don't know which one it was, but we lost a plane, right? The United <laughs> States lost a plane. Well, they found it now. Well, right? well, they it, found pieces. Well, right. It must have crashed. First of all, big L on your part, right? There's a fighter jet flying around for anybody to take, like finders keepers on that one, right? And Putin is watching and he's like, somebody get, somebody get plane <laughs> is free. But But the reality is, the pilot was was flying it and realized that obviously something must have went wrong. He, I don't know what could have gone, gone wrong because obviously it was flying around, right? <laughs> but apparently he felt the need to get out and he ejected. Right. And it went, it kept flying for like a day and a half <laughs> by itself. Like in I don't zombie think it was mode. A day and a half. They have a mode. I think it's called zombie mode or something. There's a mode. Really? I don't know what the word is, but. Well, it, it doesn't surprise me. These fighter jets are so advanced you can't begin to comprehend 
how advanced these fighter jets are. So these F-35s, they can target from like miles away, from like 30, 50 miles away. That means they could shoot a plane out of the sky before they even know that they're being targeted. It's insane. And they have stealth technology, so they very hard for them to be detected by radar. Well, at least we know that works, <laughs> right? Because they could not find it. Yeah. <laughs> so it's sitting, flying around in a zombie state. That's what it's called. That's what it's called. And it, it just flew for a day or, or a day and a half. I don't know. It must have run out of gas, apparently, and just crashed itself into a mountain. So obviously seeing this story reminded me of you. And then came another one. <laughs> I'm just telling you, you're messing with my mind. Yeah, that's how, that's uh, there how I was roll. A, there, was, <laughs> there was an air show in Italy, and they had a tragic accident. No, come yeah, on. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Another air show an, an, accident. Yes, they were doing, maybe it was rehearsals, they were using fighter jets to do maneuvers, and the pilot ejected once again, and then that plane lost control, obviously, and right. it crashed, and... Uh, a five-year-old girl was killed. I yeah, it's but tragic. How, but wait, how was she killed? I would assume from the from the plane crash. Plane crashed on the ground. But how how does that only affect a five-year-old girl? Like she was just by herself, and she was in the uh, in the car with her parents. Oh, in a car. Yeah, and the parents were badly burned. Oh, the wow. pilot was also brought to the hospital for burns. I mean, it's not a joke. It's a plane crash, right? Wow. The five-year-old girl did not make it. Wow. So very sad. That's very sad. But again, just speaking to your phobias and- <laughs> My air show phobia. <laughs> your air show phobia. Yeah. But you see, you know why this is happening? You opened up <laughs> Pandora's box because you're like, oh, what are the odds of this happening? I still don't have the phobia though. We literally have an air show crash every week at this point. It's crazy. Okay. So that that's pretty nuts. By the way, also, you said this was in Italy? So they clearly don't have F-35s because at least our F-35s, they just go into zombie mode and keep flying. Right. You know what I mean? Right. They they, they just... So we'll include the video uh, in WhatsApp of this uh, horrible crash. Oh, we have the video, right. It was, yeah. it was, it's crazy to me how almost everything gets captured. Yeah. Everything gets captured on video. It's crazy. Well, now this is the season, my friend, as it says in Pirkei Elvis. Know what's above you. I and Raya, I is watching. An ear is listening, and all of your deeds are being recorded. Okay, okay. It's 10 days. I got it. Yes. Feel it. I feel, I feel, feel I it. I feel it. I feel it. I feel it. How okay. can I not? And now, with with AI becoming so prolific, it's, it's, it's even crazier, right? Things that were just unthinkable a few years ago are now the norm, right? We mentioned the IRS is going to be using AI to try to catch people. Um, hacking now, hacking via AI is becoming an epidemic. Right, B things that that w you never even had to worry about, AI is making those things possible. Yeah, there's a lot of uh, stories about cybersecurity, like yes. uh, like uh, the biggest casino, Caesar's Casino in in Las Vegas, was hacked. Right, and you know it just throws everything into limbo. Like, yes. I don't know how they work around these things because they're they're dealing with millions and millions of people a day. Yeah, right. Yeah, and you know a cyber a cyber attack. On them, it just puts them out of commission. Yeah, it's insane. But speaking of AI, um, Netanyahu came to meet Elon Musk this week. Yes, to talk about that, to yes. discuss AI, AI and the possibilities, and they would like riding around in a cyber truck. Yes, right? yes. <laughs> yes. we yes. have the video. I think we have the video. We'll put it on the yes. WhatsApp. Yes. Um, yeah, it looks like they had a great time. <laughs> it, it it does. Um, 
it, it, to me, it looked like it got a little awkward when uh, Netanyahu brought up the whole, you know, uh, unofficial president of the United States. No, 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 no the anti-Semitism claims. I didn't see that part. Like, I didn't watch the whole thing. No, but but the highlights. If you look at the highlights, because a big a big part of it ended up them being them talking about that. You know, where Netanyahu. I mean, here I could play it for you. Here it is. Well, you're not supposed to be the one playing videos, but I'll allow it. Oh, thank you. You're so <laughs> so gracious. I also know your opposition to anti-Semitism. You've spoken about it, tweeted about it, uh, and all I can say is that I hope you find within the the confines of the First Amendment, the ability to uh, stop not only anti-Semitism or roll it back as best you can, but any collective uh, hatred of a people that uh, you know anti-Semitism represents. Uh, and I know you're committed to that. I hope I hope you succeed in it. It's not an easy task. Obviously, but. I'm against anti-Semitism. I'm against anti-really anything um, that is, uh, you know, that promotes hate and conflict. Um, and I'm in favor of that, which helps build society and take us to a better future. As, as you saw, some some uh, protesters outside, um, and uh, I, you know, I've, to be frank, probably got the most amount of negative pushback from people at Tesla about this interview than anything else I've ever done. Mm-hmm. Um, so, uh, if, if maybe if you could take a few moments to address, oh, uh, sure. you know, the, I think it's the, primarily the judicial reform question. Sure. Thing I'd say is what I repeat what I just, just said a minute ago. Israel was, is, and will always be a robust democracy, uh, but it, it it's changed its uh, uh, I would say its character subtly and imperceptibly about uh, three decades ago. So first of all, I just want to say one thing to all the people who are saying Elon Musk is an anti-Semite. I mean, come on, come on. Dude is meeting with Netanyahu, the president of Israel, the prime minister, excuse me. Like, of all the people Netanyahu is going to visit, like, he picks Elon Musk. Netanyahu praises him like crazy, called him a genius. Uh, I mean, come on. This is the guy. And he says it in the video that a tremendous number of Tesla employees were protesting him meeting with Netanyahu. And that's what hit me in this interview is that he straight away said, of all the interviews I've done, I got the most pushback from Tesla employees on this one with Netanyahu. Makes sense. And, and yet he did it anyway. Yeah. Yeah, that's what that's, you know, that's the a it's big godless. testament. That's yeah. a godless. Well, calm down. That's a, that's a godless. It, it's godless? Yes. Listen, it's not greatness. It's being normal. He's a normal guy. No. I don't think he's an anti-Semite. It's not true. He had to go against his own employees. You know, I mean, it's very very uh, let's say chic to be anti-Israel, and especially now with what's going on with the judicial reforms, it became you know the the in thing is to say that Israel, it, not just because of the Palestinians, they're just it's the worst country. I they're hear democratic. I do. I hear you. But you know, you said it yourself. He's the boss. He's going against his employees. Let's just get the terminology straight, right? It's his employees. <laughs> He okay, is the boss still, at the end of it. Still, I'm sure Listen, he wants to be liked. I'm sure he wants to be... I'm sure. But what he did was a good thing. I wouldn't call it greatness. That's just my opinion. To me, the most important part of that meeting was the ride in the Cybertruck. <laughs> Why? That was very important. Why? Why? Because I just, like, you know, I feel like Israelis are going to be very excited, you know? Yeah. Can't wait to get into the Cybertruck. I take it all <laughs> over the kibbutz, you know? Also, the cyber truck, so strong, we're going to park it right in the border to Aza. <laughs> you know, they never get through. Wait, there's just one problem with this whole thing. 
Netanyahu doesn't have that accent. No, I mean, it's not him. <laughs> oh, it's, it's, it's the populace. Oh, okay, it's the population of Israel. They're going to be excited for the Cybertruck. <laughs> Netanyahu, Netanyahu speaks perfect English. He yeah. went to MIT. He's uh, No, no, no. He's next level. Yeah. He is a consummate politician. Yes. You cannot, there's nothing you can even, he's just a master. I- except that so many people hate him. Yeah. But even on the right, people hate him. Uh, do you see that? Yes, yes. I mean, he'll, he's hardline. Yes. So Elon Musk was also busy meeting with Turkish President Erdogan. Yes. Now, this was highly televised, I guess, so many videos about it. But what struck me was that Elon came with his kid. Yeah. You know, this is not exactly a kid-friendly environment. (laughs) You know what I'm saying? You have to be Elon Musk to take your seven-year-old child to a meeting with the Turkish president. And that Turkish president is kind of a little bit like a dictator. He's got a little bit dictatorial aspirations. But to his credit, he kind of rose to the occasion. I think he found a soccer ball somewhere in his office (laughs) and he gave it to the kid. So, you know, it went off without a hitch. But again, you can only do this if you are the richest man on the planet. Yes. If any of you have a meeting with Erdogan in the future, do not bring kids. You know, it's funny because uh, we're in Sersimi Chuva and, you know, like one of the things they always say, like, when you dive in, you have to imagine, imagine you were in front of the president of the United States. How at attention would you be? How concentrating? Would you be looking at your phone? Would you be doing anything else? You know, you would be. Now, imagine a Kaddish Baruch Hu, how serious you have to be. So Musk completely changes that. <laughs> <laughs> well, if you yeah, have more br- money than anybody kids, else. I'll do anything. I'll come in shorts. Yeah. I'll do it. Do whatever you, you know. Also, his hair was kind of a mess. Like, it looks like he rolled out of bed to yes. this meeting. <laughs> So the, the video will be on the WhatsApp, so you can check it out. And speaking of rolling out of bed, did you see that uh, Chuck Schumer changed the law in the Senate that you can wear whatever you want to Senate meetings? Right. And that was all because of... John Fetterman. <laughs> now, I have come out publicly. <laughs> come yeah, out publicly. You're not a Fetterman fan. No. And it's not the person. I mean, it kind of is the person, but it's just the dress code. Yes. I can't take the dress code. An oversized hoodie and basketball shorts wherever he goes. Now, I think Ron DeSantis said, you you know, you can dress however you want if you're campaigning and if you're, you know, living your life, do whatever you feel. But when you go into the Senate chamber, like, there has to be a modicum of respect. For the chamber itself. Yeah, Yeah, for sure. Just for government. Yeah. And it's not a respect for for anybody but the people that you represent. 100%. 100%. Right? You're respecting your constituents when you treat the position honorably. Yes. yes. In fact, I've said that like when people, like Sean Hannity, uh, he, he he calls Joe Biden Joey. And it, it actually angers me. Like I see clips or whatever. He says, hey, Joey, you can disagree with the president. You could think he's not, you know, up to, to, to par. You could think he's terrible. You have to respect the office. We are Americans. We still respect the office of the presidency. You don't call the president Joey. Right. He's still your president. He's your president. Right. You have to have that respect. If we if we don't have that, it's ridiculous. But what boggles my mind is that what bothers me so much is that if this were not John Fetterman, right, if this was some Senate Republican who was showing up in a hoodie and shorts. Like Marco Rubio. Right. <laughs> I don't know why I picked him, but yeah, little he's, Marco. <laughs> he seems like he could, yeah, do well in shorts right. and young a hoodie. Guy, exactly, yeah. young guy. Not that Fetterman's young, but imagine he showed up in 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 shorts and a hoodie. The the media would be going cuckoo. You know, you know who they would really attack? 
Ted Cruz. Oh, he's everybody. creepy enough without that. <laughs> everybody hates Ted Cruz. <laughs> right. He just has zero likability. Oh my gosh. There's very few people who are zero. Fetterman, much more likable than Cruz. Isn't that crazy? It's nuts. But what just, is it about him? I don't know. He just, I don't know what it is. I can't even put my finger on it. Because I like, you know, I like aspects of Ted Cruz. And, you know, from a political standpoint, some of the things he's instituted, but he's so grating <laughs> between his voice and his, and his like weird accent. Yeah, it's like it's almost it's on the border of Texas. And it's like, not really Texan. Yeah, and like when he says like Spanish words, and he he he's you know his family's from Cuba, so he has you know a Spanish a, a Latin uh, background. But with his Texas accent, and he's trying to sound Spanish, it's so. Ugh, I've heard they take no responsibility for him. <laughs> no, no, we, Joe, no, no, no. We do not know where this guy come from. <laughs> He's from Cuba, man. This man has cero sangre cubana. <laughs> he has no Cuban blood in him. You understand? Uh, I, I, that's just factually incorrect. <laughs> <laughs> just, it's just not a, you know. But there's a His clip. Cruz. There's a clip of him talking Spanish, a very bad span, a very bad Spanish from years ago. I don't know if you can find it. Oh, I think I got it. Here's a Washington Post article from 2016. Let's have a listen. Look, our community, the Hispanic community, is it. Entiendo casi todo en español, pero no puedo hablar como yo quería. I have the problem of the second generation immigrant. I learned Spanish same time I did English. I mean, when I was a little kid, mis abuelos, ellos no hablan inglés. But to be honest, what I really spoke at home was, was Spanglish. <laughs> this, is, this is not a Spanish speaker. Mi abuelo <laughs> no comprende. <laughs> Yeah, so but his name is Cruz. I mean, it's a Latin name. You got, you know what I mean. You okay, can't, I mean, you can't I'm take not, that away from him. I'm not doubting that he's actually Hispanic. I'm, we're just talking to the likability factor here, and the Spanglish does not help. And speaking of Latin America, uh, a lot going on in Mexico with the aliens that were found and, <laughs> and brought into the Mexican Congress. Yeah. yeah. So if you don't know and you didn't hear, um. A researcher or a, a journalist, was journalist, it? A yeah. journalist brought in two purported alien bodies into the Mexican Congress to show the government, like, there are aliens amongst us. And here I am presenting two alien bodies. Yeah. Now, it's clearly— Well, they were having, they were having a hearing, a UFO hearing, much like the United States just did. So, like, Mexico is like, no, no, we could, we could have hearings. Yes, uh, not only the Americans can make a hearing of UFOs, <laughs> also us. Why, know? why does everything have to be a joke to you, man? No, it's no joke. <laughs> this is it, an alien body. It's not a joke. I don't know how they... I mean, it's clearly fake. It's clearly fake. And the whole internet is making fun of yes. this. these two aliens. In fact, and the Mexican Congress for allowing this and taking it seriously. Yeah, I saw like people are making... like You know those cakes... That they make those hyper realistic cakes. Yeah. So they made they made <laughs> someone made <laughs> they made the two aliens <laughs> as as hyper real cakes. Oh, that's I mean, great. it was just a, a big joke. Yeah. But I guess they didn't know. Like the the Congress is not going to allow. Like even the Mexican Congress is not going to allow um, the place to become a circus. So what happened? How did they get like tricked into this? 
I, I think, uh, I think. So there are a lot of people claiming they did they did it on purpose. They wanted to make waves. You Mexico, know, yeah, America. Okay. The American UFO hearings generated a lot of attention, and you know, Mexico didn't want to be left out, like you, like you pointed <laughs> out. Right. Okay. And apparently, the whole world is has UFO fever. It seems like, yeah, because <laughs> yeah. there's also uh, more reports that claim King Charles piloted a UFO in Canada. <laughs> yeah. Like I just don't know how they come up with this. Yeah, so it's 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 some you know, some filmmaker uh he recently is started pushing the British government for more information because he claims that King Charles actually flew a UFO in Canada. And like there's there's a lot to unpack there. Yeah, like know? how did that go down exactly? <laughs> like was he with aliens on board or did he just happen upon a craft? And it's like, I simply must take this for a spin. <laughs> and then probably when he was on board, like he probably called Camilla. Camilla, you'll never guess where I am. <laughs> okay, first of all, there were no cell phones. This happened in 1975. <laughs> Still, royals had things way ahead of time. <laughs> well, they had UFOs. Apparently, so they right. certainly had. <laughs> and once we're talking about things that happened a long time ago, have you seen this new trend where people are asking men, how often do you think about the Roman Empire? <laughs> yes, yes. So somebody no asked me, me. I mean, I don't, I don't understand where it came from, but somebody asked me, and I had no idea, right? I had no idea about this trend, and somebody called me and asked me, and they said, when was the last time you thought about the Roman Empire? And I was like, actually, yesterday. Really? Yeah, I was actually thinking about the Roman Empire yesterday. I mean, in our life, right, when you, when you yeah, think Romans about- Yeah, Romans play a role. Right, choose, like yeah. when you think about the Mesa Mektosh, that's what you think about. It's the Romans. Right, right. Right. It's the Roman Empire that destroyed the temple. Right. So it's in our minds constantly. It's ingrained in yeah, us. Yeah, I yes. think it's ingrained. Like every time you're going to have a Shemayin Ezrei, right, and you're going to daven, if you're having the proper kavana, which you should during these 10 days, right, you're going to be thinking about the Beis HaMikdash right. and the Roman Empire. Which leads you to Rome. Right. I have to be perfectly honest. I, too, think of the Romans often. You do. I do, and I can't. Nobody explain can explain it. this, right? <laughs> right. <laughs> what does it mean? What does it mean? And it's funny, you know. I, I remember some years ago there was uh, there was a site where there's a site where people uh, post like ideas, and then other people are encouraged to like write a fictional story about it. And so the, I remember that this this guy had the idea: what would happen? It was like a fictional story if like. Uh, a battalion of U.S. forces, like with all modern equipment, everything, somehow got instantly transported back in time. And they find themselves in Rome facing the Roman army. So they have all their modern weapons, but they have no GPS. They have no gas. They have no nothing. I mean, you could wipe out the entire Roman army with one machine gun. Not right? true. Why not? Not true. So I mean, they're going to be throwing their spears and their, you know, their fire their arrows. arrows. Right. Right. <laughs> It was very interesting, and it, it garnered so much attention and popularity. This guy, the guy who just wrote this post, was approached by a studio, a movie studio, for the rights to turn that into a movie. Well, it doesn't feel like it made it anywhere, did it? <laughs> I don't know. It's a good question. I mean, look, it's not going to be a very long movie because the U.S. forces are going to wipe out the Roman forces in minutes, if not hours. That's not really true because, again, they, all of the equipment that the uh, current military uses is all smart equipment. It's all 
you know, it, it relies on GPS. It relies on satellites. It relies on communications, right? They can't communicate, right? There's no, there's no communication happening. Okay, but one fighter jet, yeah, one. <laughs> You're saying in zombie mode, <laughs> right, right? One fighter jet, even in zombie, in in zombie state, right? It's just, it's not a contest, right? Like, what do you have? Like, you can't even get me. If you're Roman, you cannot even touch a plane. Right. It's a good. It's a good. It's a good point. I. I I'll look it up. I don't. I don't have it. Well, this is why the film was never made, right? Because it's not going to be very long. So I'm actually looking it up. It's. It's very interesting. So there's. There's a lot about it. So uh, the story is called Rome, Sweet Rome. It was uh, posted on a site uh, by a guy who's actually like he. It says here he's a two-time Jeopardy champion. And, and an author. So a nerd. Yes. Continue. <laughs> and the story is about whether or not a modern U.S. Marine battalion could completely wipe out the entire Roman Empire. What's the conclusion? <laughs> so he wrote the first eight chapters. You can actually read the first eight chapters. He wrote them and you could read them online. I nominate you to read them for this podcast. <laughs> But but maybe I got ahead of myself. Maybe it's not like F-35s. Maybe it's just a group of Marines, let's say, with just, let's say, a bunch of machine guns. And they can probably take out the entire Roman no. army. You're going to run out of bullets. How I mean, far are you going to get? And and not every bullet kills somebody. And they have shields. <laughs> <laughs> they have shields. <laughs> oh, I forgot about that one. Come on. What <laughs> Roman shield could stop a bullet? Okay, None. But They're it, designed to stop arrows. Okay, but you're one battalion against a million people. You know what I'm saying? So you're saying it still remains to be seen. Yeah. And we should read the book. Yes, hmm. when it comes out. But speaking of the U.S. military, our commander-in-chief has got some legal troubles when it comes to his son. Yes, yes. So Hunter Biden has finally been indicted. Yeah, but he like this is like kind of like a fake indictment, right? So everybody wants to know about the corruption and was Biden, you you know, pay to play? Was Biden doing things for, for uh, governments so to enrich his son? And instead of any of those things coming out, they're indicting him on a gun charge that we know he's going to walk away from without anything. But rumor has it that the president, Joe Biden, is extremely stressed out about this. Yeah, well, I mean, it's his son. Yeah, they're walking on eggshells in the West Wing. Nobody wants to bring it up. Yeah, well, he's a- not- he has a notorious temper. Joe Biden. Really? Yes. I didn't know this. Yeah, you could see it if you watch the videos of him. When people ask questions, if he's not in the mood, he'll just, he snaps. He walks away. I, don't, I never no, saw he him. He snaps. Really? You've yes. seen this? Yes, absolutely. Actually, now looking it up, uh, I'm seeing so many articles. Biden has a profane temper behind closed doors. There you go. It's I hard to imagine. No, it's really not. If, if you've been following him, I mean, you know that I do. I follow this stuff like crazy. You see it all the time where he, he just loses it at people. He doesn't – the difference is he doesn't get called out by the media for it. You know, when when anyone anyone on the right does it, the CNNs of the world, the New York Times of the world, they make, they, you know, they make a huge deal of it. So you're used to it. So with Biden, he essentially gets a pass. And it's the same thing here with, uh, you know, the indictment of Hunter and – and it's the same thing with the uh, the impeachment inquiry. You know, I you know, and I'm still getting people who say, you know, I had someone who came to me recently and said, "Is there any normal person who believes that there should be an impeachment inquiry?" It's so obviously fake. And I was like, "Wait a second. Take let's just take one small aspect, okay? The we know that the Biden family has received nearly 20 million dollars 
in payments from outside sources, people in other countries. We know that Hunter was getting paid, mil- fact, Hunter was getting paid millions of dollars in Ukraine on the board of Burisma, who was being investigated by a prosecutor who Joe Biden got fired right after Hunter gets hired. And you have all the news saying like, oh, there's no evidence. There's no evidence for, for any wrongdoing by Joe Biden. Yes, that's why we're having an inquiry and not an indictment. Yes, but to your right? point, you made this point on the last episode that he did all these things whilst being vice president. Fine, but they're not saying that. They're saying there's nothing to see here. Joe Biden did nothing wrong. It's two different things. You could say Joe Biden did something wrong, but he was vice president. He wasn't president. Fine, there's an argument there. They're not saying that. They're saying Joe Biden, there's no evidence. Joe Biden, there's no evidence. I actually saw a clip of just, uh, I, I can't find it right now, but of news news clip after news clip after news clip. Actually, I have a clip here, and I'm going to play it for you, even though I'm not supposed to. <laughs> With your permission. You may. Under pressure from the far right, Speaker Kevin McCarthy launched a formal impeachment inquiry based on no evidence into President Joe Biden. And, and Republicans, Jonathan, have failed to produce any evidence. There is no direct connection yet. We don't have any evidence of that at all. Well, they haven't come across any new evidence. There is absolutely no evidence. There's no evidence here. There is no evidence. Whether they know there's evidence or not. The president never discussed uh, business with his son. Nothing has come out of there. There's nothing here. Devin Archer said no. President Biden was never involved. Is Yes, that's why we're having an inquiry because we're looking for evidence. But I mean, it doesn't take a genius to see Hunter Biden, zero talent, zero experience, gets hired by Burisma, gets paid in a crazy amount of money. And suddenly, magically, Joe Biden, who's in charge of the Ukrainian relationship with America, tells them they're not getting their money. They're not getting U.S. aid unless they fire this prosecutor who happens to be investigating the company that hired Hunter Biden. Now, we all know that that's what happened. Whether there's direct evidence that the millions went directly into Joe Biden's bank account. Yeah, we're going to we're going to need an investigation for that. But don't tell me there's no evidence. There's plenty of evidence. I want to circle back because some might take offense to you saying that Hunter Biden has zero talent. Why is that? Because isn't he a a skilled, talented artist? <laughs> right? Yes, that you are correct. His artwork has gone in, you know, millions. For the millions. Yes. yes that's you're, big you're, league. Yeah, I'm sure. I'm sure that the people <laughs> buying Biden's artwork uh he, here's here's a picture of one of them. Here's one of his pictures. So for those who don't know though, uh Hunter Biden apparently produces Artwork <laughs> on canvas. Yes. And these sell in the millions of dollars. Yes. And, but, you know, some might call it shady. Right. right? Because Be- obviously, why on earth is someone paying millions of dollars to Hunter Biden for a piece of art? Let me take a look. Cool picture, but I'm pretty sure that my son came home with artwork that looks exactly like that. <laughs> right. <laughs> so now you're telling me that a, a guy who, who gives Hunter Biden, who buys his thing for $1.3 million, this Democrat guy who buys it for $1.3 million, according to the New York Post, uh, one of the buyers was a Dem donor friend that Joe appointed to a prestigious commission. You're telling me that when he spends $1.3 million on this six-year-old... <laughs> Uh, Drawing of the beach. Right. You're telling me he's not expecting or going to get anything for that? I'll tell you why it's fishy. If your very first painting goes for $1.3 million, something is awry. Yes. Agreed. But it reminds me of that story uh, that just came out uh, with a Danish artist. 
who took $80,000 to come up with two paintings. And when the time for the showing of those paintings came, the canvases were absolutely blank. <laughs> yes, and they great. showed up and they were in the gallery, like just two blank canvases. And they were titled, Take the Money and Run. <laughs> it's great. And, and so obviously the gallery is like suing him and fighting back. Like, we want the money that we paid you. We want it back. Right. And he's saying, no, no, that's the art. That's the art. That's the art. But you, did you even see what they commissioned him? They wanted a duplicate of a previous artwork that he made that was a canvas with uh, a few uh, bills, uh, you know, Danish bills, the dollar bills or whatever, like taped onto it. Like to signify the struggle. Yes, of, of how poorly people are paid. Right. So so that is so worth 80000 So a follow-up to that, <laughs> was though, empty. is take the money and run. <laughs> that is the art. It, that is genius to me. Yeah, I wonder if he's gonna be forced. Like he's, it's gonna, it's yeah. gonna go to court. Yeah, he's gonna be forced. But I, I think it's brilliant. I think he's brilliant for that. What a brilliant power move. Well, as you like to say, we're going long, so we're gonna bring this episode <laughs> to a close. Uh, of course, wish everyone a gemar chasimatayva, a good gebenstiar, uh, happy, healthy, good new year, and you forgive me for everything. Uh, Audience, do you guys forgive me? Forgive <laughs> um, I think we could take this off air. Okay. Right? Because there are I some the things. First, well, this is, I only have to ask you twice, right? Three times, I Three think. times. Three Sorry. times a charm. Chazaka. Okay. And you're doing it publicly, so that's doing big. Doing it publicly, that's big. That is huge. Yeah. But unfortunately, you are not, or fortunately, rather, you are not one of the, you're not in the 1%. Oh. You're not in the 1%. You're going to be covered by my blanket mechila. So, of course, we wish all of our listeners an easy, meaningful fast, and we'll see you on the other side. And don't forget, by the way, we do have a call-in number. So friends, family members who don't have access to the podcast online can call in and listen to any of our podcasts. The call-in number is 605-417-0303. And of course, it will be in the show notes. Thank you guys for listening. If you enjoyed the episode, share it with someone that you think would enjoy it. Of course, you know you can follow us on social. We're on Twitter. We're on Instagram. Follow us there. You can also reach out to us by email. It's hock, H-O-C-K, at kiddishclubpodcast.com. And you can support the cast by visiting us at buymeacoffee.com slash kiddishclub. The link is in the show notes. And we are out. I'm taking a shave, and I heard a, a screeching, saw that between a screech and a whistle. I said, what in the world is this? And I heard a boom in my whole house. Show. White says he didn't realize it was a plane at the time, so he didn't call anybody. The first thought came to me, I said, must what, is a meteorite coming out of space or something? And I said, well, if the airplane, it needed to be reported. Look, the thing was flying this the F-35B airplane wreckage created an extensive debris field. The wreckage is located off Old Georgetown Road. Military security is very tight with numerous red and white signs on the... And this episode is copyright Kiddish Club Media.